and welcome back to Amadeo Dispatch with Tasia. And I have talked Brett into doing a second episode. We are so excited that you're here because that means that you uh, had stuck out the first episode and are joining us for the second. It is a big day today. We um, had our pilot episode um, published yesterday uh, on YouTube. And our church uh, leadership watched it and we got their approval for the green light to go. And so we are headed into the right direction, I believe, with God. So uh, if this is your first time joining us, again, welcome. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Want to apologize with it being just our second episode. We're kind of wonky. It's late at night. We're both in our pajamas. I have no makeup on. I know that the video is probably not the best. I have no makeup on. You can probably tell. Um, and the sound is not the greatest because I'm recording it on a laptop. But as we go through and as this progresses, I promise that we'll get the kink cooked out. Um, but what we're here to do is just to deliver God's message. And God's message, he doesn't care. Moses stuttered. So was it Moses? Yes, it was Moses that stuttered. We are currently in um, a series uh four parts last night was part one yesterday yesterday last episode was part one uh tonight is part two we're doing the, the, uh, the upside down kingdom and last episode we talked about how to become a leader um you must first become a servant so tonight this episode we are going to talk about how um, to truly find life you must die to self and i just have to confess this is something that is just a ongoing process with me i think it is with everybody but our key point that we're going to talk about tonight is loving others <clears throat> loving others really from hard places and it's really glorious to think that you can love on certain people you can love on your family members you can love on crazy uncle joe you can love on people in your church but there's some people um that's really hard to love so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight first going to open this up we're uh going to be in the book of matthew matthew 16 24 <clears throat> Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. While I was folding laundry today, today was another algebra day. It wasn't a very good day. We're never going to pass algebra. We. He's, he's struggling. <clears throat> I've assumed two questions and neither one of them. Well, the first one you got right, didn't you? The second one is not. It didn't go uh, nearly as well. Anyway, I took a break and I was folding laundry and I was really thinking about the podcast and the message that um, I wanted to send out today. And the Holy Spirit talked to me and reminded me of something that I did a couple of weeks ago that probably I know didn't sit so well with others. I was on Facebook. There was a gentleman that had posted about a group in Tennessee that is starting a after school program and their sponsor or the people that are running it is the Church of Satan. And I want to preface this by saying that I do not 
support the Church of Satan. I'm not trying to encourage that at all. But what I want to bring to the table is that we have a tendency of when we see something like that, a lot of times it's shock factor and we are so easy to turn it off. Which is what they're counting on. Yeah. And we forget that these are people. It's an organization. Don't get me wrong, but they're people. And when we think about Jesus and we think about the people that he hang out, he hung out with wasn't the kings and the queens and he hang out with the high priests and whatnot, but his favorite people were the the ones that were struggling and the, the low lives. And what were you talking about earlier? That it was probably the prostitutes? Well, the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners like that. I mean, you there's numerous references in the Bible about uh, people questioning about why are you sitting with the tax collectors? You're the chiefs. They're the ones who are, you know, why are you messing with her? Because she's a prostitute. The lady, the woman at the well, I mean, perfect example, been married five times. So um, that's part of our problem, I think, as a church, is the fact that <clears throat> everybody wants to hang out with the same folks, which mm -hmm. is great. Uh, I like potluck as much as everyone else, but um, that kind of defeats our purpose, uh, to be sent out uh, and do uh, do God's work requires us to be with the sinners and not with, you know, our best friend who's invited us over for Sunday lunch. Yeah. I mean, unless they're not saved, of course, you want to deal with that. But um, And it's easy to me to read about the, the woman at the well. And I have so many feelings and such deep emotion for her. I connect with her so well. But in our time, what does the tax collectors and the prostitutes look like? The hard ones for me to love are the ones that are on death row, the murderers, the uh, adulterers, pedophiles. pedophiles, Satanists. And I'm not saying that we need to invite these people over for Sunday brunch, but what is loving them looking like? Is it desensitizing? Is it shutting it away and saying, okay, I don't agree with that. I don't believe in it. So I'm just going to scroll past or I'm going to change the channel or I'm going to tune out this conversation. Or is it something that God may be approaching you uh, to look at things differently? I probably have a different perspective because of my job um when i took an oath to be a paramedic i have to treat everybody i have to treat the child molesters i have to treat the prostitutes i have to treat the drug addicts i have to treat the tax collectors so that something was instilled in me as they're still human so as humans how are we loving other humans? To make it more personal than that, they're still God's children. Yeah. Um, and you think about, you know, how can all that happen? It's it's a lostness. It's a, uh, we discussed earlier about <clears throat> once they get to prison, and that's a lot of your uh, prison ministries uh, come in on that. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, well, okay, they're, they're going to church and they're learning to tell you the truth, um, I've worked a little bit of prison ministry, not a whole lot. Uh, most of the time, it's they get out of their cell for an hour. And so you may not ever reach that person. 
and there's really nothing you can do about it. But it's not because the opportunity hasn't been presented to them. It's the fact that, I mean, if you're going and you're giving him the option of the free will, um, you've fulfilled what God's asked of you to do. You can't make them accept Jesus as their Savior. You can't uh, crank their arm around and, and you're going to accept Jesus or we're going to put you in solitary. Uh, most of the time they're there for, uh, you know, the cookies and the, the hour out of their time. Yeah. Um, but if you're calling your servant, servitude is prison ministry, then uh, I've got a sister-in-law that's been doing it for 20 years and she's seen the results. And if you can get one, I mean. Who's this? Nancy. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. And so she's been dealing with prison ministry for years and years. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's a uh, disappointing calling. I mean, if you're getting one out of 100, but that's the story of the sheep, you know, he left the 99 to go get the one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Another, um, well, I'm going to say this too, before we jump onto another topic. I don't want to say that loving these people that means that they don't have to that they get out of prison and they don't have to pay their dues to society that's not it either um because i know forgiveness and and loving god goes hand in hand but we can meet people in hard places and not we can meet people in hard places and still expect them to pay repercussions god gives us consequences god gives us discipline and there's consequences to our actions but what i'm saying with is with loving people from hard places this group that <clears throat> i was talking about earlier about this the satanist church the satanists a lot of times the research that i've had to do i've had to do for school uh we've had to look up like different religious entities different cultures i've did some research on uh, serial killers and cults and I, all kinds of things for uh, various different classes that I've been in. But this one specifically about the Church of Satan, I found out that a lot of people that join the Church of Satan, they just join because they don't have anything else to join. They've either been hurt, really hurt by somebody or been hurt by religion, been hurt by somebody in the church been hurt by the church in some way and so they're looking for that community and so if we say oh you're church satan you're they're, satanist they're looking for the same fellowship we do when we go to church on sunday yeah and if they've been bitten in church if they've had a problem uh you know it, it doesn't take much to give someone an excuse not to go back to church you know oh well i didn't like the way they looked at me that day, that, that day um so i'm just not gonna go back yeah. It's a little easier to be accepted, I would imagine. <clears throat> um, and so people want fellowship, um, whether it be in a normal church, I'm assuming normal church as, as we go to, or in another form or fashion. I mean, that's, that's well, people know, are designed to be to want the fellowship. Research I did, there's not even really a church of Satan. It, <clears> there's a website, but there's not like a building standing somewhere where these people go. It's just online. It's a name that they can attach themselves to looking for love. 
looking for acceptance, looking for what Christ gives, but for whatever cause or whatever reason, they're not, they're not accepting of Christ. And the only way that we're going to be able to love on these people is through Christ. Um, you, if you think about it, you think about the ones that are trying to rehab, not even just like AA or NA, but sex offenders. I, that's not something that I could do. That's not something I'm equipped for, but I'm sure that the people that work with these men and women are going through God. And that's really the only way that you can love somebody from a hard place is through God. And the point that I was going to bring up while ago before, uh, or that I started to bring up was about foster care. And I, on most things, I just started school back. And so a lot of my online classes, I have to do introductions. And so I'll put, you know, a hundred things in there because I've got all my fingers in these different pots. And I'll talk about online ministry. I'll talk about church. I'll talk about being a paramedic, being um, an instructor, doing all of these things. And then I'll just kind of tuck in there. I'll talk about our outdoor group too, that we, we cook and, and do things for, but I'll tuck in there. Oh yeah. By the way, we do foster care. And I get more people that say, Hey, that's fantastic that you do foster care. That's something that I really want to do. That's something that I think would be interesting. And I would really feel like that I'm giving to my community or, or giving back to somebody and let me tell you loving kids from hard places is hard and we have that experience behind us and we have a heart for that and that was something that was instilled in us I think from James Barham and Maggie Peeler we learned so much from them and they Probably, I hope they smile when they hear about that because there was a lot of eye rolling that we did when we sat in both of their offices. What we did learn from them and what we do remember, we've really taken to heart. So um, when we were in our home in Paragould, we had seven kids and probably five of them were from, they were hard to love. They were really hard to love. Um because you're, you're an yeah. parents coming into seven kids that already existed. And first thing they thought of was they were going to rule the roost. And we had to put down some pretty hard rules. And so that transition period, uh, here's the same way. We just got our first foster here in this home four months ago, five months ago. Um, and it's, there's a good month there that it's hard. It's hard to live with a new kid. Mm -hmm. And then around Christmas, we got our second one. And that was impossible. We actually... Uh, had to find uh, better care for him. He was needing more care than we could give him. And so, when you're when you're learning <coughs> to deal with new people, with new kids, new foster parents, it's you get in some tough situations with these kids. And you get one that's up in his teens, they don't care. They're not gonna, they're not going to even like you back, much less love you back. Yeah. Um, well, that reminds me of the conversation that we were having earlier on the phone. Um, I don't want to mention names because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable in any way, but they were sharing their foster care experience where they had invited a young person into their home. And by the end of their journey, before their, their uh, paths parted, she actually, the mother apologized and said, I don't know if I did something to offend you or you had an expectation, but we really wanted you to have a family. And that child who was, I believe 18, um, said, 
I wasn't looking for a family. I was just wanting to come uh, be closer to my friends. And my heart grieves for that because I know how that feels. I know how you can feel used and you you want to give everything. You try to give everything to this person and they don't want to accept it. They want what they want and that's it. And these kids from hard places, it's hard to be grateful when you've never had those things. And there is a sense of entitlement when it comes to foster kids. The group homes are horrible. I mean, they're not horrible. I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. Uh, we worked in the group home setting for two years and there was tough times. Once you got in the routine, I got everything going. There's money provided uh, to take care of these kids. And, and it's not an ideal setting. It's not. It's horrible. Uh, much rather these kids be with their families, but they were removed from their families for a reason. Um, and so... Loving the parents <clears throat> of, of, of these children are hard, too. Um, but they, there are opportunities for children if they will take them. Yeah. And uh, one, of the, one of the stipulations in the state of Arkansas, if you age out of the program, uh, they'll pay a full-ride college tuition. Um, and one in 10 actually take them up on that. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, and it's, I mean, I've raised, a, I've got a 30-year-old son. And sometimes you want to smack them in the head and say, pay attention and listen to me. But you can't. Um, and I'm not condoning smacking them in the head. I'm just, um, I look back upon my life and if it was offered to me, you know, I probably would have gave it up too. But yeah. at the age of 18, they've been in the, someone's been in the system 10 years and they just want out. They want out. They want away. They don't care. They want to go find their parents. They want to find their siblings. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it's hard to, to deal with an unappreciative person, uh, no matter what age they are. By the end of our last, <clears throat> uh, our last placement journey with us, where our paths had um, started to part, I actually stood in the living room with him and I just, I said his name and I said, this just really isn't working out, is it? And he said, yeah, it is. And I said, no, you're not willing. You're not doing anything that we ask of you. You're not being receptive to anything that we say to you. And it's, this is just not working out. And this is after like, a month of destroying everything. And it's not, I don't think that it was intentional. He was so destructive because he was rough because he hadn't been taught any different. He wasn't taught to, to treat things gently or to, to use things to respect other people's property and personal spaces. So I grieved, it was really difficult, probably by about week, two and a half it was like very obvious that this wasn't going to work out but it was right at Christmas time and we were wanting it to make it work um, he was a, a likable kid really wanted to like him but he the decision when it finally came down to it I had a girlfriend who also works in foster care um, she works with the state and she had a conversation with this young gentleman uh, in church and she had asked how it was going and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and she pretty much just pointed out, you're making some really bad choices. And he completely closed off 
from her and wouldn't talk after that. So during my grieving process, she stepped in and just matter of factly say, said to me that it takes two. It takes two to make it work. And I want to share that with the individual that the conversation that we had on the phone earlier today about this is, I, I know you were laughing about it, but I know my heart with my kids um, dialogue for it that are long gone from our care is that it takes two. And if they don't want to make it work, it's not going to work. And it may, it's not something that you've did on your part, but it's just that person from that hard place, if they're not willing to accept love, it won't okay, make them. It was just in best interest for everyone mm -hmm. uh, that we found uh, the second one a better a better place. Um, whether it be therapeutic or whether it be what, um, it, it's we we were doing him no service here. Uh, yeah. Whereas the one we've got now. Um, there is a, a great possibility this kid can grow up and be whatever. Um, but, uh, and, and I didn't appreciate the first one until I got the second. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Uh, but yeah. hopefully this young gentleman is in a, a place now that can give him the attention that he needs because we've got to focus back on the one that we had. Um, but it was truly a very <clears throat> hard to love type situation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so once again you can't make them so yeah so who's the person in your life that's hard to love where where can you die to yourself and love somebody a little more a little harder i not like them a little less <laughs> so there's a shirt that's going around that says jesus loves you and i'm trying <laughs> I hate that shirt. <laughs> so, any last comments? No. Any last thoughts? Very rarely. It's not Tuesdays, and <laughs> Tuesdays are my day to think. So, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we hope that maybe you get a little bit from it. If you don't, maybe you can share it with somebody that will. But please hit like and follow, and we hope to see you in our upcoming episodes.